This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. Hey, Offbeat family. This week, I talked to Justa Luangana, who is the founder of Curious on Tanzania. Justa immigrated to the United States at the age of 12 from Tanzania. Although Justa was born in Tanzania, she spent her formative years in the United States, which shaped her views of Tanzania from a Westerner's point of view. It took 10 years for Justa to finally revisit Tanzania, where she was introduced to the beauty of the land and its people. After being reacquainted to her country, Justa soon found herself addicted to learning more about Tanzania and how to create a deeper connection with her country. This newfound connection and interest led Justa to create Curious on Tanzania, a company that provides customized travel and adventures to Tanzania with a focus on sustainable tourism. On this episode, Justice shares how to form a deeper connection while traveling and how to create your own opportunities. I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Justa by a mutual friend and just from meeting her for the first time, I already knew that she had this incredibly positive energy and she is such a hard worker and such a creative person. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I do. Hey, Justa, thank you so much for trekking all the way here in Astoria to see me. And Justa actually is a really determined woman because her car got broken into and she still made it to this interview. So thank you so much for trekking all this way, even through all of the different things that you went through just today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? I was born in an offbeat manner, I guess I could say. From coming from Tanzania to even making it to America, you could say it's an offbeat life. I started out probably traveling when I was probably like five or seven, where my grandmother wanted us to have a better education. Um, So she decided, you guys are going to school in Uganda. So we all went to, um, I went to school in Uganda first. And then from there, my mom was like, you guys are coming to America. And then the next thing you know, we were all packing up and then we were coming to America. And then when it got to my side, it's like, hey, I'm going back to Tanzania. It's like, what is there? But it's always that um, curiosity in between that kind of like leads us to where we want to go next. Can you give us a little bit more of a background of how you went from Uganda and then to the United States? What was that like for you as a child, for your family? And you spoke about your mom. What was this transition like for her? Did she have a lot of obstacles that she had to go through? Or was it just very easy? (laughs) I wish life was easy because if life was easy, then we would not or not be here or not be like for example for some of us in the United States because everything would have been easy in our countries first when it comes to bringing all the way back to my village my grandmother um, the reason why I ended up in Uganda was because my grandmother wanted us to have a better education 
a better education, of course, it requires for you to have a lot of money. Uh, but my, my grandmother never put money first, almost kind of like an obstacle. She always made the goals first. And, and then she followed through, okay, so how am I going to do it? So when it came to going to Uganda, she was like, you guys are going to Uganda. And that's all we knew. It's probably like five years old, going to school in Uganda. And she knew we were going, and that was basically it. And then she started tracing back up of how we're going to go there, how we're going to get the money and da, 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 whatever. I came secondary. So we ended up in Uganda for a couple years. But then my mother on the other side, my mother had promised us for years and years and years while we were in Uganda, it's like, one day I'm going to take you guys to America. You're going to come to America one of these days. And so she kept on that promise, and year after year went by. Um, we were all anticipating, waiting to see what's going to happen. And then that one year, we got our visas to be able to come to America, and we ended up in America. But for her, also, it's the same thing. It was never that obstacle of like, oh my God, I don't have any money, and you guys are not going anywhere. It was, yes, you're going to go. We don't know what time frame, but you're going to get to go there, and you're going to go there. Wherever we're going to get there, you're going to get there, but you guys are going to go there. That's where I picked up being the person who I am, is because everything was laid to me by, like, example. For me, when it came to redefining who I am or finding out who I am, because I came to the United States when I was young, I was 12 years old, I knew more about the United States versus what, I, like, I knew about Tanzania. It, it kind of, like, ached me to be, like, I am from that particular country, but yet I know so limited information. And also people from here, some of them completely do not know the, the, the country itself. So I felt like there was a need for me to be able to go back and seek that information. So I could be able to first myself learn about that particular, the various cultures, because we do have like 120 tribes and we speak almost 200 languages, I feel like it was important for me to first learn about my own cultures and then come and start that storytelling conversations and leading people to, to understand where I'm from. At least I could be a person to lead by example. But going back, it was scary. There was a, I remember that day when I actually, uh, actually went to a networking event. I went to like a lot of events because I was never clear about what I wanted to do. And the day before I was supposed to fly out to go to Tanzania, and this was my official first time to go to Tanzania without my parents, without any guardian to go with me. It's just me picking up and saying, hey, I'm going, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do there, but I'm just going to go and just I'll figure it out. So when that day came, I went to this networking event, although I had to pack my luggage, but I couldn't stay still. For some reason, my instinct told me I have to go to that event because I was very unclear. So I went to the event. After the panel finished speaking, I reached out to them. I was like, um, so I'm going to be going to Tanzania for like, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm planning this whole trip and that I'm doing that that whatever whatever and I am scared I do not know what I'm doing um, can you guys give me any advice so they were like just relax everything is gonna happen for a reason and um, just be calm and you, it's, it's gonna happen you just just let it happen let your fears go and then I sat down with them later on privately um, really nice group of pan the panelists sat down with them they kind of like mentored me quickly uh, which was 
pretty interesting. So the next day, I was on a flight. If I had the chance to turn the whole flight around, I would have, because like I was so nervous, so scared. But mind you, I'm going back to my home country, the country that when I'm here in the United States, I flag on and claim so much about it. But when I initiated myself as a first time to go by myself and actually go after my own curiosities and dreams and kind of figure it out, I was nervous. I was scared. I didn't I know like, oh my God, did I, was somebody going to pick me up from the airport? Was this? Like, I was so nervous. Even when we got off the plane, going into the terminal to be able to exit, I was completely nervous. I did not know what was happening. I got to the airport coming out to exit. It's only one exit in, in Devaslam. So it's very quick. It's not like JFK. You just, as soon as you go one door, the next door, the big door opens and then, and then you're out and you see, um, you see a bunch of people kind of like waiting for you, either some of them with their names um, lined up, some people with balloons, some people with flowers. Because like when you're coming back for the first time, the people usually do like a big deal. You have like a whole band coming and drumming and da 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 da. So me, because it was like, it, was, it wasn't like I was coming back with my family or we were coming back for a celebration. Um, most Africans will go back because maybe there's a wedding. Maybe, and when it's a must, there's a funeral. Like your close family member passed and you have to go. That's when people usually like go when it's big time. But some people don't go just because, oh, I need to figure my life out. No, you you don't go because it's super expensive. So when I was going on those purposes, like I need to figure out what I'm going to do. It wasn't a normal thing. So that's why I was completely scared because I'm used to going. Like when I went, it was just because of wedding, funeral. Maybe there's something major that was planned out. That's why I went. When the door opened to the airport and then I looked like far away. Oh, my God. I had like almost like 10 people came to pick me up. And the whole entire time I was expecting like nobody was going to come pick me up. But it was almost 10 people, 10 family members who my mom probably made all the calls because she was so scared. But like... Everybody was like, oh, welcome back, whatever. No question about what are you doing here, whatever, whatever. Just just come, just let's go. And um, we went and celebrated. And that's how kind of like my first coming, become like a curious traveler. That's, that's how I jumped over my fear. So, yeah. Going back to how your grandmother and mom had this idea of obstacles not being real obstacles because you could always find your way around those types of issues and problems, what are usually the first steps that you take when you want to realize a goal and a dream? You know, there's a lot of things you just do and you don't think as much. And probably this is one of them because it's like so embedded because of my family roots. And this is what I also try to impose on like people who are coming to travel with us. Uh, because what I hear a lot is I don't have it. All, oh my god, that's too much of da 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 da. I don't have enough time. I don't have this. I don't, it's always the negative portion of it. That's what I, I get to hear while I'm here. But when it came to my grandmother or my mother, it was never a no. Even when I was starting out with Curious in Tanzania, I went to my mom and I told her, I was like, hey, ma, I want to do ABCD. She's like, oh, yeah. She was like 10 steps ahead of me. <laughs> she was literally 10 steps. She wanted to help me with ABCDFG. And the manufacturer was never there. But it was just, okay, what do you need me to do? Okay, so let's get this together. Let's get the idea together. When it comes to people that I end up working with, I'm like, okay, so let me say, you want to come to Tanzania. What, what do you want to get from it? 
Why are you making this long trip to this particular country or like any other country? Why you? Why do you want to go there? And then the the person just opens up. And then they just tell you all these different um, visions, ideas, what they want to do, what they do personally, and how they could be able to also meet even somebody within the country who also does the same thing and see how they could work out something. But they always have, like, there's always a bigger reason to why somebody wants to travel to that country. I usually, I can't talk to somebody who just kind of like, oh, so how much is it? That's the first thing they tell me. It it makes it challenging because I could speak of, any number and you probably might say oh it's this or that whatever the case is but when you start with why it's usually very helpful to kind of like reason out your way and most of what I have done I've always started with a why why am I doing this and then justify that why and then from the why you're like okay so how am I going to be able to accomplish that particular thing okay so what action do I need to take today what action do I need to take tomorrow so like that's the way it was embedded without even me knowing I actually realized that this year that my grandmother did that my my mom did that and oh my god so funny I'm doing the same thing but it's just kind of like knowing your whys and then finding out how you could be able to do it and then kind of like what's the actions that I need to take next I love listening to how people are raised and how you take certain things in internally without even realizing it. Because as children, we take a lot of things that we don't realize that we do until we're grown-ups and adults and then we realize that it has affected us. So especially working with children... It's always so interesting to me what can happen if you raise your kid a certain way and how they become. Because you came from a very poor country and for you and your family to come here and you've made something of yourself, it's a really interesting mindset. Because where we are, especially in New York City, there's so much richness. You are so correct in the sense that we have so much more opportunities here. So the no's and the impossibilities become a lot less smaller if we figure out how to actually get it instead of trying to reason why we can't. <laughs> you have gone through so much already, just with your family coming here, going through schooling. What has been the biggest setback that you've ever encountered and how do you usually come up from that? Um, I, I don't know if it's set back, but it was. There was a time period where we did not have access to go back home. In that time period, um, I'm about to cry, but like um, that time period was probably like we spent almost. I think I was from 12 to 18 or 19. The first time I went back to Tanzania I was probably like 19 or 20 years old. So that period of time, it was like you just see everything on the outside, and but you couldn't access it. While you were here, we were all in fear that you're probably not going to accomplish what you came here to do because you were probably going to be sent back home. As a child who was brought here when we were younger, it wasn't like I brought myself here. I did not. It was just I ended up here. But then I suffered the consequences because I was not in the right status to be able to maintain, to continue staying here. But my whole life was here. My college, everything that I knew, it was based here. If I was to go back to Tanzania at the time, it's like I would have to start all over again because I did not know even the system of how things worked in 
that particular country. So like that period of time, I was always, we were always in fear that if anything happened, oh my God, if we go back home, what is gonna, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna, the whole thing was scary from my parents all the way down to the kids. Or, so like what we knew is like every single day we had to be grateful for it. And we had just had to work our butts to make sure we take, each day was, we made sure it was a valid day uh, because we never knew when something was gonna happen. That was one of those where it was pretty much intense 10 years of like, even in the beginning, like, some of us, even my brothers and sisters, we were all crying because you can't go back home. You have no access to anywhere. You're just stuck in the United States. Um, but it's, it's nobody's fault. It's not your fault either as a child, but it's just something that you have to endure for the time being because you know you're going to get to a place where you're going to have probably access to everything that you need. So that, that was, I don't know if it's a setback, but that was something that happened to us. And that's, that's how it even turned me into becoming more of like an ambitious person or even to be more, to have gratitude and also to, to want to know more about my own country is because I was pulled away from it that specific country that I was not I was absent for so many years it's not because I wanted to be absent but it was just the, the absence was there but now it's almost like I'm trying to play catch up <laughs> you could say because I'm not really like I am I'm learning a lot very fast compared to people who live in the country I, I would not say like I'm an expert but I'm an expert in a way where I just want to share, I just want to become that bridging gap because I wasn't able to become that bridging gap. When you're a child, you have no say in where you're going and what happens in your life. So you become a victim of something else that you have no choice over and it becomes a totally different subject in that, in that matter. But now you have the option to do it, and then you created a business from that. You have access to Tanzania. You have a business that will help people in Tanzania, and you're also learning about your own culture that you weren't able to do. How are you able to finance this chosen career that you had from the start in the beginning, and how do you continue to do it today? Huh. Since I was a kid, I was really good at um, saving. I remember um, there was a time, I don't know what happened, but I was rewarded. My sister actually gave me like a thousand dollars and she was like, here, you could do whatever you want to do with it. I was like, okay. So I took the money, I put it in a bank and then each month I started kind of like adding a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And when I was, when I started work, it's like, I just kind of like saved up a little bit more money as I went along. But like, I've always been pretty much like a saver and knowing like, okay, there's a certain portion that has to go for just in case of emergencies me creating a company is part of semi-emergencies <laughs> you could say I could go back into the, my emergency fund to be able to use to kind of provide for whatever so money does not become an obstacle while I was in Tanzania there's times where my flights I won different flights because I was going to like a lot of um, shows um, like travel shows I will pray and then I will enter like my business card. There was a time I entered two business cards and I ended up winning almost both. And then I could only do one airline ticket, which was I was like, oh, that sucks. But like I won it twice, oh, wow. two times in a row. And that's how I was able to like go into Tanzania those two times because I won the ticket. When it came to Tanzania, like as soon as I landed, like people were so willing and so giving where 
anything like I wanted to have access to. It was like, hey, you need to go there? Okay, let's go. We'll take you. We'll do this. We'll do this. So people were very much giving. And like I got like a lot of things done because of like because of the generosity of people. When it comes to here, like right now, kind of like maintaining with my finances, of course, just keeping up with like a very tight budget. We are we are profitable, so we are generating money, but being able to distribute that money into like different areas is, is still a challenge and I'm still picking it up, which I need a lot of help in. Starting out, just being good at saving. And through your savings, you could be able to delegate that saving to go towards whatever that you're passionate about before you start making that bigger profit. Because sometimes, let me say, if you want to do... Like, I've never took out money, uh, loans or anything like that to be able to finance my, my dream. It has on, always been my money. All I've won tickets, all the generosity of people. That's what has always kind of, like, worked out. But never took out a loan um, to be able to finance. Because, like, you're putting yourself back in debt again. That is really great community you have there, Justa, in, in order for you to do that, and especially in Tanzania, that you have so many people who will help you do that as well. As an entrepreneur and going to all of these networking events and telling people about your business, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of advice from people. But what has been the worst advice that you've ever received? <laughs> oh boy, the worst advice... Okay, so I was working on my logo, which probably took me a year to even come up with that logo that I have. I know, like, creative minds. But I was working on the logo, and I reached out to a designer, and I asked him to do a, a logo for me. I sent them all my ideas and everything else, and the person came back with the logo of um, old men dressed in safari wear holding um and they had like this hat on safari hat on holding a rifle with binoculars looking at something in the middle of safari and and he was in circle something like that bushes and all of that he was like this is your typical person who's gonna come for uh, for safaris and this is who you're catering to so this is the best logo for you and i i was paying him really good money and like i like i tried to go back and forth with him he was just literally he was like statistically wise what Whoever, a typical person who goes to Tanzania is um, is a retiree for uh, for safaris, and this is who you're catering to. So this is the best logo for you. And I I was paying him really good money, and like I like I tried to go back and forth with him. He was just literally he was like statistically wise. What, what whoever a typical person who goes to Tanzania is um, is a retiree from this race, and this is what they like to do. So if you want like a really good logo, this is what the representation of it. I, I was like, here's my money. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you didn't take that logo, Justa. <laughs> we are living in a time where there's a lot of people who are very confused about what they want to do. And coming from a very strong-minded family, especially women in your family, you probably had a lot of support, but there's a lot of people also don't have that, and there's a lot of things where they're very unsure of who they are and what they want to do. What advice would you give to someone who is struggling to find who they really are, or they know what they want to do, but they're afraid to take the first steps? 
I think even having like a strong family background, um, sometimes we, we all kind of end up facing the same things because like not everybody's going to believe in whatever ideas that you're coming up in your head at first. Um, maybe later on they will start believing as they see things are uh, acting out. But, um, but in the beginning... Even the strongest person will be resistant because they're used to their normal, uh, whatever, what they're doing. So if you come up with your idea telling people, they might become resistant at first. So you should expect resistance. But then when you get resistance, it's actually a good thing. It forces you to wanting to find that community that kind of like understands you. And I believe like even for me, like I had to step outside of my own family to kind of find that community that kind of like gets it. And it's probably like out of 100 percent only 10% of people, even less than 10% of people, are actually going to understand what you're trying to do as an entrepreneur, who you are, or like they could relate, period. And it's really good to be able to kind of find where that 10% is. So for example, like I go to so many different events to kind of like try to seek where that 10% is. From going, like if I'm looking for believers, I will go to church and see how people who go to church, like how do they how do they build this belief system and how could I become also a believer of my own thing? When it comes like, let me say, within the travel space, um, because I did not know that much about travel, I went to travel expos. Right now, for example, I'm in a co-working space that's travel related. I just like immersed myself in everything that's travel to kind of like be around that 10% of people who actually understand me but even goes farther when it comes to like your friends like you could even like through networking you could end up pulling up like a friend or two from there that kind of understand you and you could just sit down for coffee for whatever and trying to like go over it but like just build a community around you that understands or is going through the same thing I think that's like the best advice I could give is kind of like build a community or find it somewhere there is that 10% somewhere that will understand you and get you and kind of like help you to get to where you want to get to and then guess what the other 90% they will catch on <laughs> they'll catch on later on there's a lot of people now they're like oh that's what you were trying to do okay so you want me to help you with a b c d e f g yeah yeah, yeah let me do it i'm gonna do it right now but in the beginning a lot of people are resistant that's the same way even with me i might be resistant at something because it doesn't trigger my interest but we as um as people who are seeking something we just have to accept other people will other people may not get what you're trying to do at first but there's that 10 percent and where is the 10 percent at finding your kind of crazy as they say is what life is all about finding your type of people who will understand that and not everybody will you're right Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What would you like your legacy to be and what do you want to be remembered for? So I want to be remembered for... I live my life. I need to start creating like a physical album. My previous career, I was a clinical dietitian and I worked in like hospitals and also like rehab centers. One of my patients in her room, she had like a bunch of pictures, all pictures, like the whole wall was covered in pictures. And every time you go to her room, she has a story for each picture. I want to have this album that shows you, like, I traveled, I lived my life, I have um, helped other people to be able to explore these amazing countries, and this is all the images. You just want to make a mark on the world. You just don't want to leave the world without 
people remembering like how you were able to make them feel and that's that's the thing that we are looking for how did i make a person feel when they did a b c d e f g i learned this when i was in uganda like our i went to a catholic school and the nun will wake up in the morning and like she will always remember us remind us like what do you want to do in life that people are going to remember you by like uh, what are you doing in this life that people are going to be remembering by and it was a song like we had to every morning sing that song everywhere i kind of sing it to you guys like quickly it's in luganda which i speak like six different languages um, but it goes in this world, what have I done? In this world, how do I want to be remembered? In this world, am I going to be remembered just by the debt that I have, the drinks that I drink, the parties that I party? How do I want to be remembered? It's so funny, I was probably like, six seven eight years old this is the song that was being sung and that was like when I was that young but even into today some days in the morning I sing it to myself and I've been singing this even when I was in college I start singing that like how do I want to be remembered and then I start creating how I want to be remembered Justa that song was really beautiful even though I didn't understand any of it and <laughs> That was really nice. I'm tearing up just listening to that. You have such a great voice. <laughs> you remembering that song <laughs> so many years later is crazy. And it's definitely impacted you. And it gave you something. And it made you hold on to something that was really important to you and stuck to your head. And that's why you're in this position right now. Because you're trying to make an impact. And you are. With the people that you're creating these incredible tours and guides for and then the people that you're helping create jobs in Tanzania. So you're doing something in both sides of the world. <laughs> without knowing. Without, yeah, without knowing. Well, now you're knowing. So <laughs> Let's get to some fun questions. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you. I love to hike. I like vintage cameras. What about you? What do you nerd out on? Huh, that's interesting. I, I am a dancer. Spontaneously, it's like I would just get out of nowhere, even in, out of my sleep. I would just get out of my sleep and start dancing. When I'm doing, especially now, like when I'm doing trips with my clients, like if I'm guiding some of the trips or I'm on the trips with them, I would just stop the car and just get out and start dancing. Like I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. I love to dance. But yeah, this is just everything about dancing. So yeah. don't be surprised if I flip out of nowhere and start dancing. <laughs> yeah, so good music playing. It's just I will start dancing. <laughs> That is a fun thing to nerd out on, definitely. If you were given a one-minute ad slot in the Super Bowl and you can't sell that ad, what would you fill it with? I think I'll fill it with the song that I just sang and then tell people the meaning of it. That's it. What is the most unusual job that you've ever had and what was the best thing that you learned from it? 
That was when I was 17 years old. And while I was in high school, I took a, a course, which is a, a CNA. A CNA is like a nurse's assistant. A nurse's assistant. Um, so, and then I went to work at this, uh, it was a nursing home facility. The patient I was working with, there was, there was 700 pounds. Um, 700, that case was lined up to me. And I, I had 10 other patients that I had to look for. So she was number 11. The whole case was up to me. And what, is, what a nurse's aide does is they, they actually uh, do the hygiene portion of it, cleaning everything. And this lady was sore from like top to bottom. And she couldn't move. There was that time where I had to take care of her. And I was asking um, all the other nurses aide and everybody else to come and help me. Because they also had a full load of work, they could not come and help me. And I was like, completely stressed. I started crying. And it, I was 17 years old. And that was like, it was, it was crazy. started crying. And I did not know what to do, whatever. Nobody was coming to my help. The supervisor did not even want to come and help. It was just a mess, a whole whole mess so what I ended up doing I was like I'm not doing this anymore and that's the day that's one job that I quit I had to quit because it was mentally draining. Yeah. It was mentally draining. It was not, I was 17 and I was like, oh, nursing. I like, I wanted to become a nurse. That's why I was doing that to kind of test the water out. But after I experienced, I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. So I ended up switching my career to becoming a dietitian. Uh, so that's why I learned from it. I was like, you know what? I can't help her at this stage when she's already obese. Maybe I could help her. Maybe I could help somebody else not get to the obesity um, level. So what I ended up learning from that whole experience is don't go for um, that kind of uh, the, the job I need to do something higher so I went to school and became like a clinical dietitian got my master's in nutrition and actually helped a lot of people lose weight <laughs> that is a good lesson to learn and thank goodness you were able to get that experience before you went to school for it and then you finished and then you found that out after you got your master's degree and all of that <laughs> what are you working on today that's really exciting to you so in New York I am working on putting kind of like because we've been so much into curating and um, and putting together like our um, our company we have not I mean, we have, but not as much been in, in like interacting with people and sharing our stories. So what I'm looking forward to is on a monthly basis, we're going to be hosting these uh, Tanzanian travel talks. And this is just kind of like the beginning is just going to share with people what we do, who we are, how you could, like all these fun things. But we're going to get deeper into bringing in like cool Tanzanians who will speak about their experiences, just kind of showing people how to be able to really experience a Tanzanian culture. So I'm excited about that one. In June, I'm looking forward to putting together like a Tanzanian culture fest. And then from July all the way to December, I'm going to be waiting at the airport for people to come. I'm going to be in Tanzania. Some people might get lucky. I might have my drums with me and dancing, picking them up from the airport. But like we have these amazing trips that are coming up um, from the Zanzibar Film Festival in July to a culture retreat to a fitness trip that's coming. So it's like all really nicely curated experiences. But I'm also hosting um, Honeymooners, which I'm like super excited about because I created, I love curating trips. You don't understand. Like we curated really well. Like they're doing some things somebody else might I think it's so normal but like since it's scheduled out yeah. it's like oh my god this is gonna be really fun to do um so like I'm excited that I 
I get to do what I love the most, which is one, share my culture with people, which is two, curating experiences and actually living and, and seeing how it makes people feel. That's what I'm excited about this year. That is so exciting. I really hope you videotape yourself when you have your drums and singing and <laughs> dancing because I would like to see that on anywhere, actually. <laughs> if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? If you're in New York, come to my kitchen. I'll cook for you. <laughs> but um, you could find us on CuriousOnTanzania at .com. Everything at Curious on Tanzania on Instagram, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, and Facebook. Like everywhere, just type in Curious on Tanzania. You should be able to find us there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Justa, for coming all the way to Astoria in this horrendous weather. <laughs> she is such a trooper. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you gave us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Justa. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Justa where she shares how to create an effective schedule to be more productive. Love a good audiobook as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, you're in luck because I have teamed up with audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for free. Make sure to visit offbeatbook.com. Again, that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial.